Ag State of Mind, episode 52. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. And I love when a farm kid goes to school, gets a degree, and then uses that degree to come home and help the people that he or she cares about, the farmers. Monica Kramer McConkie is a farm kid who turned into a counselor, went to school and became a counselor, and is doing just that, coming back and helping the farmers she cares about. Um, I kind of find some, I always find that the reason I like that so much is because I feel like that's what I'm doing with this podcast is using what I know and what I learn and even what I'm learning along the way in this podcast to help the people out I care about. Um, so we talk about Monica's upbringing and how she wanted to get back and help the farmers that she cares about, the people she cares about. And I, I just love that. I think it's so cool when that happens. Um, and she's a great resource for farmers to reach out to. We talk a lot about that and about the stresses that are going on and also about how COVID is affecting farm kids and what it's looking like for them. You know, I think there's some positive and negatives and we've talked about that a lot and uh, just a really great conversation with Monica. So, um, all right. Uh, thanks for listening today as always. And, uh, please go out, give us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Um, five star if you feel so inclined. Um, but getting those reviews out really gets us out in front of more people and we want to spread this word as widely as possible. So, all right. Thanks a bunch. Uh, here's the episode with Monica Kramer McConkie. All right, Monica, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this evening? Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. You and I have connected over Twitter, I think, and all over Facebook as well. So it's nice to have a face-to-face conversation because I feel like you can really just really get to know a person through this, even even through a computer screen. I mean, it's it, it's different to have that face-to-face interaction. Oh, I totally agree. It makes a huge difference. So if you don't mind, will you let everyone know kind of where you're coming from, what your what your story is, and you know how you grew up in ag and where you came to be with where you are now, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Sounds good. Um, well, I'm in northwestern Minnesota um, near Bijou, was the closest town, just a little teeny tiny town, but my parents and brother still operate the family farm today. And actually, my son is the fifth generation, and he's he started working on the farm this summer. So we'll kind of see where that goes. But yeah, I grew up really active in 4-H and FFA and really all things on the farm we were involved in. There were three of us kids, and, you know, we're right out there with mom and dad in the tractors, in the fields, in the cattle pens and the pastures whatever needed to be done we were right there with them so grew up with a definitely a passion 
and for agriculture and the way of life and, and the work. After high school, I went on and got degrees in psychology and uh, master's degree in counseling. And then really for the last, oh gosh, 27-ish years now, um, have been working in the behavioral health field in rural areas of Minnesota and North Dakota primarily. So some of my work has been direct service with kids and their families. I have been the administrator of um, a couple different mental health agencies, but really more recently, I was able to go full-time in my own business. And I have a contract with the Minnesota Farm Business Management Program funded by the Minnesota mm -hmm. State Legislature. And basically my job is to, to be available for any Minnesota farmer, farm spouse, farm youth that needs um, to talk. So mental health outreach to our farmers in the state, um, no cost to them, completely confidential, no insurance. Um, so it's awesome. I just, I feel like in a sense, it's kind of coming back home for me so it's yeah i love it i talk to farmers every day i'm out on the farm every day it's been great so it's i i think it's really nice when you have a farm background i think that's something i mean it's if you enjoyed it and were passionate about it growing up and you want to get back to that in some capacity and i feel like you are in a really great position there where you get to do your everyday work, what you went to school with, with the people you care about. Like, I, I, I think that I can appreciate that for sure, because, I mean, that's what I was wanting to get back to with this podcast is use mm -hmm. the use my training, use my health knowledge to bring it to people who I care about and who I grew up with and the people I understand. And, you know, I, I, I love when the two well-being, whether it be mental health, healthcare, whatever it is, and agriculture come together. I mean, that's that's like that's my wheelhouse. I love that stuff. Absolutely. It's kind of that phrase where passion and purpose come together, you know you're in the right place mm -hmm. and doing the right kind mm -hmm. of work. And and you know, with the egg piece, you're absolutely right that our farmers and our farm families don't realize that they're the greatest asset on their farm or ranch whatever whatever their operation is like and so they'll often put a lot of emphasis and intentionality into equipment or livestock or or whatever the case may be and their relationships and their health um, whether physically emotionally mentally what have you is slipping and so we've got to put the people at the top of the list on our farms and ranches. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, if there isn't someone to drive a combine, if there isn't someone to tend to the cattle, if there isn't someone to drive a grain cart, then all those things are worthless. I mean, so I yeah. mean, we can put all yeah. the time and effort and intentionality and uh, sweat into all those things. But if we don't take care of ourselves first, that's no good. Any of that other stuff. Absolutely. And, You're, that's exactly right. And I, I didn't start thinking about that. And I, I've been really trying to talk about that a lot lately because it was so helpful for me when, when someone explained that to me and mm -hmm. 
it, it's like it was a it was like somebody pushed a button and made me understand mm-hmm. that like we need to start talking to farmers ab- about them being assets to their operations. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's easier said than done, but I think when you put it in that context, farmers will understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think so too. And and you know, the farm or ranch, I use farm and ranch interchangeably, but yeah. you know, and especially when I meet with couples that are are having a lot of stress or a lot of conflict, it's you know, it's just a fact of life that that farmer ranch becomes really that third partner in that relationship or that really critical family member that often gets a lot of the attention. And so you're, there's a tendency to uh, overlook what you need health-wise and, mm-hmm. and care and what other people in your family need because the attention is going to the farm and, uh, you know, that can only last for so long before things start to really fall apart. So you mentioned farm couples and you mentioned farm spouses and, you know, I, I don't want to single or say, assume anything, but more often than not, it's a, a husband that's a farmer and usually the wife is there to help and there to support. Um, but the primary operator most of the time is is the husband. In your work, in your, you know, in your counseling practice, in the work that you do, how much of like the pushing or the urging, I guess, maybe to see someone, it comes from the wife about the husband? Oh, that's a good question. Like to, to access services, like to access help. Yeah, yeah. Um, Exactly. You know, I get a mix. I get, I definitely get calls. I I really have a mix. So I do work with a few um, women who are the primary operators of the farm and the farm has been handed Mm -hmm. down in their family and they have husbands. And interestingly enough, sometimes the husbands work for them, quote unquote, uh, you know, Uh interesting uh dynamics. But yeah, I think overall, generally the, the, male, the husband in the relationship is the primary operator of the farm. And, you know, I do get calls from guys regularly and, um, sometimes it's at the insistence of their wife or their spouse. Sure, you need to sure. do something or I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. But sometimes what happens honestly is they hear podcasts like yours and they hear other farmers stories and, and the thought is, you know what, if, if they can ask for help or if they can reach out, I can too. And that was kind of, um, you know, my first experience with mental health was when I was a teenager, it was the eighties. My dad, who I knew was incredibly anxious at the time, really dealing with a lot of debilitating anxiety while trying to hold the farm together, he sought out a counselor. And at the time, I mean, that was stigma was really high you know it's hard now but like but think about what that would have been like 30 years ago almost 40 years ago yeah and you know he talks about it and he said at first it really bothered him to go and have people know he was going and but then you know things started to click and he started to feel better and then he didn't care he just knew he needed the help and um 
yeah, it's it, different things drive people to seek help. And sometimes it's those around them. Sometimes it's internal and they know they're struggling. Um, so definitely a mix. Yeah, I think we all know that we, obviously, I mean, I think there's there's not very much denial in knowing what that something's wrong like i think we can all if we're honest with ourselves we know we're struggling we know something's wrong but it's much easier for some people to reach out for help than others and i i asked that the reason i i had a reason behind that because the reason i reached out and the reason i started getting my own help was at the insistence of my wife mm-hmm. and I, I that's a super strong influence there because uh, when it comes from that way, when it comes from someone who supports you and loves you and they know that they notice something's wrong, well, then, you know, then obviously there is, it, it means something more when somebody else says something to you. Absolutely. And when I do talk to, especially family of farmers or egg industry people, just about warning signs to watch for, you know, a lot of them say that they'll say that I, I just noticed something in my husband or in my son. And uh, that's that prompted discussions. And sometimes those warning signs, that stress level or the anxiety or depression or anger happens over such a long period of time that it's not like you notice this change in somebody right away but you see kind of a decline over time. And, and um, you know, sometimes it just takes hitting that wall before they're, they're ready to go get help or they're listening to the people around them saying you need to do something. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what prompted you and I to, to have this discussion here tonight was I sent a tweet a f- few weeks ago, I guess, out about, the effects of the COVID-19, the shutdowns, everything that's happening on, on our kids. I, for, for us, I'll, I'll just go ahead and I'll share with what it's been like for us. And then I'm going to let you kind of maybe pick that apart or have your own experience. But what it's been like for us is at first it was, re- at first it was really neat, right? And we did a lot of neat things and, you know, the boys helped carry uh, cook a lot. The mm-hmm. they went out and fished when they got done with their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. But then they got to missing their friends. Now, granted, we had it much better than so many people yeah. because of the way we live. We live mm-hmm. rurally. Um, I mean, they the pond they got to go fish in was the one that is on our property that they walk out our front door in in less than half a mile to and Carrie can see them out the front door but you know they missed their friends and then they got to be this was like when we thought it was just a month you know they got to missing their friends they got to missing like base you know we had our baseball seasons were canceled which is a huge deal in our house um I mean that's the sport we all love you know, it, it, it's a little bit of mixed emotions because it made us get creative with how we spent time together. But at the same time, they missed things. They missed their friends. They missed playing baseball. And it was a real kind of 
reshaping of things. And we we made the best of it. I'm I am not complaining and I don't think the boys will complain either because we had some fun times this summer. But it, you know, their fair got canceled or they didn't get canceled, but their fair looked way different than it would normally. So it's just it was just a lot of just really just weird strange things to happen for kids that are in that impressionable stage of life and so I just I want I want to you to kind of give me your take on that and um, especially how it relates to rural and farm kids. Yeah, it, it it is so different, and it is hard to define in a nutshell because different family situations really define how kids do. But in general, I think you hit it on the head that it, at first, you know, kids kids are pretty resilient and, and for the most part can kind of go with the flow. But once that became the norm with no known end or no, you know, nobody knew, nobody had answers and we still don't. Mm-hmm. I, my, right. Yeah, my daughter who um, is 17, So she would have been a junior last year. And she said, you know, this is the first time in my life that I can't go to an adult and have them tell me or reassure me about what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think you have that almost like a fear where they're just the climate right now. You have COVID, you have Um, the political climate, you have um, the racial tension. And so I think kids are, are sitting back and seeing all this and wondering what's going to happen. And when, when is it all going to end? And when can we we get back to normal? And nobody knows, nobody knows (laughs) that. And so you know, with the kids, the, the parents I work with and, and the kids, my own kids and, and the kids of clients that I, I work with, definitely the isolation is tough. Like you talked about, that is the, the loss of fairs, of state fairs, of sporting events and sports seasons. That's really hard because that's how kids kind of base their, their activity and their social life around that. And that unknown is really taking its toll. So we start to see things like a decline in, you know, academic performance. Maybe they were doing okay and and now they're not. Um, you might start to see a decline in just their, their mood or their level of motivation. So it might come across as kind of depressed or just, just not um, who they Sometimes, were. Yeah, right? maybe a little like apathetic. Yeah. Yep. Like I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I heard that comment this morning. I think it was today was our for or yeah today was our first day of high school, and I think the comment I heard this morning was, "I I'm not this online school really isn't worth it." <laughs> and she's oh. a very good student. Oh, so you and guys are are going online then? Yeah, high school is 100% online because oh, some gosh. teachers have tested positive. And so it's, it's like, okay, how do we as parents and caregivers and people who support youth, like 4-H leaders and FFA instructors and, you know, people who work with kids, how do we keep them motivated, keep them 
happy, I guess you could say, keep them striving and reaching for goals. And we, it starts with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. It starts with our own mindset. And so if we are posting on our social media how horrible it is and how negative it is and how we're struggling and that's what our kids are hearing, guess what? They're going to feel the exact same way. Yeah. 100%. And so we really have to check, you know, if you're worried about your kids and you're seeing them struggle, you really got to check in with yourself and yeah, look at yeah. your mindset. Yeah, no, you bring up a really excellent point and um, it really kind of flows into the next thing I want to talk about here. Um, thank you for all that, by the way. Yeah. And you, you wrote, I, I came across a presentation today of yours that was featured with, uh, I think it was on UMASH's website. Um, I had a podcast with Megan several months ago from UMASH. I really enjoy UMASH, the work they do. Mm-hmm. I just, I just feel like you guys up in Minnesota and Michigan, that part of the country does a lot better job than we do down south mm-hmm. uh, with talking about this stuff. And I, I appreciate that. Maybe it's, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that north, upper Midwest <sighs> way of doing things. I don't know because, um, um, but I, I, I really noticed a lot of the work that, that, that gets done in this area comes, comes from that part of the country. And you know, I'm thankful for that because that's going to be the mm-hmm. leaders for the rest of us. But anyway, this this presentation uh, you found is called Thoughts and Weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so crazy that you and I had this discussion to like that we had this schedule tonight because my wife and I were talking, and I'm I'm going to get a little personal here. Um, I am I'm trying to struggle. Uh, I'm not trying to struggle. That's not a that's not <sighs> a great. I mean, maybe I am trying to struggle. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's part of my problem. Maybe I I'm I'm going to lose some weight. I'm wanting to just just to be healthier. I know I'm I'm not old yet. I I know I'm getting older. I just would like to lose some pounds. And I had I was having this discussion with Carrie and Carrie Carrie my wife and she is so good about this mindset thing. In fact, she's the one that got me into talking about this and you know, I was talking to her about this and I was telling her that even talking about it makes it uneasy and makes it makes me just kind of not in a great mood. And she said, well, that doing that sets yourself up for failure because you become your actions are what your thoughts once were. So your thoughts dictate your actions. You mm-hmm. cannot get away from that. Whatever your thoughts are, whether they're good, whether they're bad, they're going to they're going to manifest in you and they're going to manifest like we were talking like you were talking about with our children. And it just to and then when I found when she we had that discussion 2 days ago or maybe it was yesterday, I don't know, but it was this week and she then I found that I found your presentation and it was just like, holy crap. I mean, of course we, you and I get to talk tonight because of, I mean, it's, it was meant to be right. I mean, I don't believe yes. in coincidence. I mean, that's, nope. that's the way it's supposed to be. And um, so I just, I, 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 I thank you for letting me be able to share that with you. And I'd like to you to expound on that a little bit or oh, a lot, gosh, as, long, as much as you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I am really big with thinking and Uh promoting 
um, positive, helpful thinking. And that's with the farmers that I talk to, that's kind of where we land all the time is our thoughts. And a, a couple different kind of themes around that are one, how much time are you spending thinking and dwelling on things you can't control? Mm -hmm. And what is that doing to you? And so we spend, we definitely spend time on that. But then the follow up is exactly what you were saying, how your thoughts impact your feelings and how those feelings then impact your actions or your behaviors. And it's, you know, I, if you picture a triangle with thoughts on one point, feelings on one point, and, and actions or behaviors on a point, they are linked. And when you get caught in a vicious cycle of negative thinking, whether it's like, I can't do anything right, or I hate this, or whatever the case may be, then your, your feelings are going to follow that. You're going to feel oh, whatever, overwhelmed, frustrated, tired, negative, and how you respond or behave that those feelings and thoughts are taking a toll on that. So you're not going to be as productive. You're not going to be able to strategically plan or goal set and move forward with those thoughts and feelings driving that action. So it becomes a vicious cycle because then your failure to do those things, your failure to plan and prioritize and, and function the way you want to further makes you, it, it, um, I'm missing the word I'm thinking of here, but it, it furthers that initial thought you were having that I can't do anything right. Yeah. And so it becomes a vicious cycle and the way out of that vicious cycle is your thinking that breaks the cycle. And so to change those thoughts around, to reframe them, to stop your negative thoughts, then has the impact on the feelings and follows through to your, your actions and your behaviors. And once you get that, and even with kids, it, when we can teach them that, that they don't have to make decisions based on the way they feel, they can back that up and look at the thoughts, spend time on your thoughts. Um, and the thing the thing that I try to help farmers understand too is the emotional part of your brain when that's firing, that keeps your, your thinking part of your brain from working. So if you think about a teenager going back to kids, the emotional part of their brain is the part of their brain that's very quickly developing in adolescence. And so that's why they do things like act out of emotion and make irrational decisions and miss curfew and all those things that drive us parents crazy because that part of their brain is the part that is working. The thinking, prioritizing, rational part of their brain isn't fully developed yet. So that's, that's why they have parents, right? To kind of help guide them and teach them. But with, with farmers, with any of us, if we're just sitting in our emotion and in our feelings, that thinking part of the brain is not working. So we've got to back it on up to our thoughts and really explore those and what's driving our feelings. What's behind that? What's the, the root of that? So are you finding that people, farmers, are they able to, to, are they able to do that work themselves a lot or do they need a lot of assistance? At, for, okay. Well, I, I should, mm -hmm. I should, I should, maybe frame that a different 
I think a lot of them probably need help at first, but then are they mm-hmm. able to go and do that for themselves later on? So like, it does someone, okay, someone gives Absolutely. them the tools. Yep. Yep. And really a lot of it is just awareness because we get so used to our thoughts. We're just, we just let our thoughts go wherever they're going to go. Mm -hmm. And it's not within our nature. You know, it doesn't come naturally for us to say that is not helpful to me. That is not something I can control. That is not something that's going to get me to where I want to be. So I'm going to stop that thought that takes work and awareness. And so once, you know, once a farmer becomes aware of the amount of time they're spending thinking things that aren't helpful or worrying about things that haven't happened, anticipating the worst, uh, once they become aware of that and can, can kind of reframe that in their mind or focus on on a task or things that they can control, then yeah, then then a lot of times they may have their lows and they may have tough times, but they're more able to, when they're feeling that intense emotion, take a deep breath, walk away from the broken down piece of equipment or whatever they're they're getting intense about and and regroup and then go back so you can think and focus and get the job done. Take a break. I mean, breaks are so valuable. I mean, it's so valuable. I mean, and a break can be as long as you need it to be. It mm-hmm. can be sometimes for me, it's just putting it away for the day and going mm-hmm. on. And, you know, for others, it may, or in other times, it's five minutes to just mm-hmm. breathe and you know, however long it takes. And sometimes it it's is, a long time. Yeah. You know, it's carry- true. And it's amazing how uh, hesitant our farmers are to take a break, even if it's five or 10 minutes, it's like, you know, in the scope of things, it's not going to matter if you're five minutes later to milk your cows, they will be okay. And so will you 10 minutes. I bet you could go 20 minutes. They're going to be okay. And so will you, but it's just helping them to realize that and, and, and lower those rigid expectations that they have on themselves. Yeah. So it took us a long time to get where we're at. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about my family and, and our place. And ours is not as big as others, um, but it's bigger than a lot, too. So, I mean, it's a significant size operation. I'm, I'm, where I'm going with this is we just... We just got back from a vacation. You know, we were talking about it before we, uh, before we recorded. Um, Carrie and I actually recorded a podcast together on the vacation. Um, it took us a long time to get there, to get in a place where that can happen. But a lot of it, a lo- I mean, a, there was a lot of preparation that went in, and there was a lot of things that we had to get done before we left. Mm-hmm. But then, we, but we were able to get in that mindset to where. It's we have to get away every once in a while to maybe come back here. And we were talking on our way home, like when we just got to where we could tell we were getting back to home. And that's uh, about central Missouri coming back from Kansas City and like, wow, home is great. Where we live is great and we wouldn't change anything. So, I mean, it's very valuable. And I was listening to a friend of mine, Clay Connery. He has the Working Cows podcast. And he was talking about a a gentleman him and I both know uh, a part of his drought plan is if nothing else is working, go on vacation because uh, it'll, it'll make you come back and appreciate what's going on home a lot better because 
you know, you can look at things from a different perspective. Yeah. And vacations don't have to cost a lot of money. You can do things that are just a break without, you know, flying to Mexico or whatever. You can, you can have that mental and physical break without it um, being a burden financially. We were, Carrie and I, we may always make, we always make a big part of keeping our marriage strong and keeping things on the on the level is we try to take date nights well therefore there's a there was a time in our marriage where things were a little financially tighter than they had been or at different parts of our marriage and so date night didn't involve going out to eat it involved sending the kids downstairs and we have our own dinner at our dinner table and have some ice cream and just talk you know so i mean things can you can make things whatever you want to make them oh absolutely i talked to a lot of couples and their getaway is literally you know picking up a pizza and driving around looking at the crops just the two of them and that's okay that's that's still time together where you're getting away and having that break yeah, whatever it takes. I mean, whatever it takes. And we found that, you know, different parts of our life, different stages of our life, it's it's looked like different things. And uh, but but doing it is the most is important. Absolutely. It's you got to pull a trigger. And, and I hear so many people say, I know what I should be doing, but it's doing it it's it's putting it that in the plan you have to prioritize it you have to put it into your plan that it's going to get done or else it will always be someday 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 yeah i mean i know i know i'm i'm just as guilty of this stuff as anyone so i i i have to be i have to be careful and to always kind of preface things with that because i was saying before it took us a long time it took us a lot of Mm -hmm. stakes it's taken a lot of fights between carrie and i to get where we're at and well we're still not perfect obviously nobody is but we've we've made it a long ways and uh, it, there's been some pain along the way but sometimes that happens oh all the time all the time and that's that's life and that's how we grow and and it's hard as a couple because you're both individuals growing and struggling and you're together growing and struggling and with our farmers and they have this farm that's often well i don't know about growing but more than not often than not struggling and so there's all these dynamics at play at the same time so definitely it's going you're going to have your highs and lows but as long as your general direction you're moving is forward that's that's the main thing great well, great. Well, Monica, I really appreciate your time here tonight. This has been a lot of fun and it's been, I'm, I'm really fortunate because every person I talk to, I get something huge out of. And it's, and I've always, I've said from the beginning that this podcast has been a, as big a part as my own mental health as it is helping others. So I'm really appreciative. I really, really took a lot away from our conversation here tonight, but I want to give you the chance to, if if we missed anything, I want you to put that out there. And I also want people to be able to connect with you online. Oh, sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, so to find me, I'm just going to give my cell phone number because it's out there okay. for, for all of our farmers anyway. So if you if you want to get a hold of me, don't hesitate to call or text. And that's 218 280 
7785. I also have a website and that's eyesonthehorizon.org. You can check that out. My contact info is there. There's a, a place where you can message me on there and there's links to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that good stuff on the website too. So yeah, really, really good conversation. And I would just encourage everybody to keep their mindset positive, even when things are going wrong, look on the bright side, focus on things you can control. Great. Well, great stuff, Monica. Again, I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to work together, I think, at several points in the future. So very excited that we got to looking. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.